You're listening to Youth and Loud. The show that's the show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. On this episode, we interview four-time Olympian Ludi Wiggins about her accomplishments as a professional diver for Australia, some of the challenges she faced, and how her friends and family supported and encouraged her throughout her career. So, Ludi, welcome to the show. It's an absolute privilege to talk to you today. Um, how are you going? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. We know that you're a four-time Olympian with two Olympic medals to your name. So tell us a little bit about your journey that you've had as an Olympic champion. I guess my journey was quite long and winding. I started sport when I was five years old as a very, very active child, but didn't actually get into diving until I was 12. Hmm. Uh, My first Olympic Games was at the tender age of uh, 17, and my last Olympic Games was at 33. So it was a really, really long journey, uh, and one that I can now look back quite fondly on. My, my first Olympic experience was very, very different to my last, but I enjoyed all of them nonetheless. And Ludi, what, what would you say is the, the proudest moment in your career? That's a really hard one because a lot of uh, times that I won medals, they meant very, very different things to me. For example, when I won a medal at the Sydney Olympic Games, it was in my backyard Pretty much, I lived in Sydney at the time. I was a 21-year-old. Um, I had never made an Olympic final before, so to win an Olympic bronze medal was incredible. Australia had also never won a medal since 1924. It was the right. first female medal um, for Australia in diving. Yeah, that must so, have been quite quite a moment for you. Yeah, and there was definitely a lot of pressure on us um, to kind of perform, and it's all got to do with budgets and funding and all that kind of stuff. So we came through with the goods and that. That was a, definitely a very special moment. But some of my Commonwealth Games gold medals were also highlights in my career. So how many uh, Commonwealth Games have you been involved in? I competed at three Commonwealth Games. My first one was in 1998 in Kuala Lumpur. I probably had the capacity to medal, but I came away fourth and sixth, and I was really, really disappointed with that result. I just wasn't ready for a big stage competition. I'd only kind of still been in the sport for about six years, and I was probably overconfident. Uh, but after that, I knew what had to be done, and, and then the next two, I won three gold medals at. So you mentioned before that you were kind of involved in, in sport at quite a young age, at the age of five. Just wondering, was being an Olympian always a dream for you? I think so. I used to watch the Olympics on television and I used to replay the gymnastics and replay the diving and watch um, videos of Nadia Comaneci. I think I watched the, her movie about 60 times, you know, just every Saturday morning I'd watch it and I'd watch it. And I just loved, loved everything about it. And I remember when I was 10 years old as a gymnast, I got interviewed for a television show and they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to win an Olympic gold medal for Australia. So. Yeah, so it was always kind of an intrinsic motivation for me. Nice. It's awesome how you said that on the on the TV show and then, you know, that pretty much came true with you winning two, two bronze medals. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. 
so just wondering, what what would you say that it took for that dream to come true? What what did that take? Well, it's funny. A lot of people talk about, oh, you know, you're so committed and you so you sacrificed everything, but when when you love something and you pretty much want to turn up every day and. Sport is about doing it for yourself and really enjoying it. And sometimes it can get tough. Um, you know, 5 a.m. starts and before school and after school and, and things like that. But you've got to always go back to how much you used to enjoy it. Uh, and that you are doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for anyone else. And I think I only came to realise that as I got older. Um, and that's where the results came from. So you mentioned just there that you used to train before and after school. Um, so tell us a little bit more about uh, what your daily routine looked like as you were training for the Olympics. Well, my first Olympics, as I said, was very, very different to my um, last Olympic. My last Olympics actually had a daughter, so that schedule looked a little different. But mm. in my early days, um, we trained before school at about 6 to 8 in the morning. We'll go to school all day and then we would also train in the afternoon from four till seven and then go home, do homework, um, get up the next day and repeat it all again. So definitely a very tiresome schedule. When I came to do my senior years, um, it meant that we had to adjust a couple of things because obviously year 11 and 12 are quite important. Um, I actually split them over three years, so I graduated a year later than all of my friends, Mm. but I... You know, still went to university, and and that my parents really instilled that on me is that you know we'll support your diving career as long as you you know have something backing and have that balance. So balance is really important. So tell us a little bit uh, more about that balance. So was it hard to kind of have time to yourself to kind of relax and rejuvenate with the pressures of training for the Olympics? Well, yeah, I guess when you're a young athlete, especially, it's not all about you know training for the olympics you're you're doing it because you love it as i as i said and i think that's the the main motivation behind doing it is because you're really enjoying it and you know exercise is good for you and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but in terms of relaxing there was never uh that much time to relax once i started traveling though that's when the payoff came for me because you know you've got all these amazing opportunities got to travel to pretty much a lot of countries in the world um and that was my relaxation time and you get to make friends within the sport and also family becomes important, you know, having that support system and that's that's your time to relax, you know, on weekends and and things like that. But I don't necessarily feel like I missed out on too much, so I'm lucky there. That support system with your family, was that one of the key parts, I guess, which got you through the Olympics when it was perhaps um, challenging or hard to keep committing to training? As I said, you know, it's never been that difficult for me to commit. I think I've got that personality where if I decide that I want to do something, I'll do it and nothing will really stand in my my way. And I think my mum brought me up believing that I could do anything. So, Mm. but having my family, knowing that my family was there for me was incredibly important. Having said that though, they never really put any pressure on me. They Mm. didn't expect me to go to training. They didn't force me to go to training. They always, uh, even if I had a bad competition, they'd always support me and that was really, really important. Mm. So are you saying that you were kind of brought up to believe in yourself and that really helped you to be able to commit? Yeah, absolutely. I guess, uh, you know, my mum was a very hard worker. My dad was a very hard worker and 
they always gave me really positive reinforcement. But, you know, obviously when I was not well-behaved, they'd discipline me and things like that. So it wasn't always, you know, just always positive reinforcement. But, um, yeah, I, I, just, I had this confidence. But I think sometimes kids are just born with that. You just need to, mm. coaches and things like that, need to n- nurture, it, nurture it out of them. What advice would you give to someone who is pursuing a, a sports career or is training for uh, the Olympics? Rain, hail or shine, if, if you're feeling like you cannot physically go to training because you are too tired, then just force yourself to go do what you can when you can um, and really, really enjoy it. Like, remember why you started the sport. It's not all about the achievements and, you know, the accolades. It's about enjoyment and and having relationships with people and networking and, and things like that. And that'll keep you in it for a very, very long time. If there are some people who perhaps uh, don't believe in themselves and don't think they, they can do it, what would you say to those people? Oh, look, sometimes... In- Throughout my sporting career, I didn't believe in myself. I never thought I could really win an Olympic medal, especially before competition. I'd get very, very nervous, like my legs would shake. And and for those people, I would say you let your training back you. That's why you train so hard. So when the big moments come, you can really just let muscle memory take over um, and, and you just go on autopilot. So you try and block out all your negative thoughts and sometimes it's important to ignore yourself because you're not always right. Mm. I think it's easy to kind of, um, you know, listen to the negative thoughts um, of giving up and and not pressing through but from what you're saying it's important just to to go against that. It is, yeah, it is really, really important to sometimes ignore yourself because when you're fatigued and you're training so hard there's a lot of negative thoughts that will come into your head Mm. Uh, and it's not, and you know, I spoke about nervousness as well it's not a bad thing to be nervous. Nervous is when uh, you'll get into your zone. You just need to learn how to harness the, the nervous energy and, and really push through. What are some challenges that you faced during your career and how did you manage those challenges? There was a, quite a few challenges that I faced. I guess one of them was you know, being away from my family when I was younger. That was a really, really hard one. Um, not really, We couldn't really do anything about that. I gave up the sport of gymnastics because of it and, and found my solution um, in diving. Uh, another challenge, I guess, was injuries. I tore um, two ligaments completely and one partially in my ankle and I had a lot of bone bruising as well. So a lot of the physios were saying it, it's not looking like you will compete, but I'd worked too hard to kind of let it go. I guess when you enter a competition, the adrenaline takes over. So that took care of some of the pain and it was obviously very heavily strapped and I, I didn't really train in the lead up to the event but I'd been in the sport for so long that my body knew what it was doing. I just needed to, to control my mind um, and that's how I overcame it. Cool. Yeah, I think I would have been disappointed um, if I didn't try and I think that's the main thing that didn't matter what the outcome was but in my mind I, I wanted to know that I did everything to, to be able to compete and not just give up straight away because I was injured. Well, Ludi... It's, it's been a real privilege talking to you today, and I think you're really an inspiration. The, the work that you've done and the achievements that you've had is very encouraging for people. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That brings us to an end of this episode of Youth and Loud. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Youth and Loud.